Hey there, welcome back to the Center Baptist Church Podcast. This is Ben Sanders. I'm normally kind of behind the scenes, but I just thought I'd put something at the beginning of this week's sermon just to say that we're back, that uh, we're finally to a point where we can start putting out the sermon weekly in podcast form on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify at the moment. So just if you get a moment after you listen to it, then if you would rate and review the uh, the episode or just the podcast in general that would be greatly appreciated and it would go to help a lot in letting us know how we can improve or or just how you liked it in general so and uh, and as always you can also visit the church's website at centerbaptist.com and uh, to get information about the church itself and how you can attend if you're ever down in Robertstown Georgia and uh, just otherwise I hope you enjoy the sermon and. Uh, I'm so glad you're here this morning. Good to have you. Thank you for being here. All those that might be watching online, thank you for being as well. But I'm so glad you're here. It's the Lord's Day. No matter what your week has been like, no matter what's going on, you're here. You made it. And we're here to worship the Lord. So join me in a word of prayer that Brother Jim is going to come and lead us. Father God, I am so grateful that we can be right here in this place. Oh, Father, thank you. And we just ask you in the name of Jesus, meet with us. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Now may we worship you as an expression of our love for you. Move in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, good morning. Glad to see you this morning. Everybody that's here, all our folks online, glad you're here. Let me just mention a couple things quickly. We began back this past Wednesday night with our Wednesday night services. And so I want to encourage you. Everybody look right here for just a moment. Wednesday nights, I believe, are a vital part of your Christian discipleship and encouragement. Now, during COVID, a lot of things changed, and we were not able to do weans tonight. And like a lot of things, it's easy to get out of that habit. But I want to encourage you, if you're able, be here on Wednesday night. Our meal's at 5.30. Then we have just tremendous groups. We've got something from every age, from uh, nursery to pre-K, first through fifth, then middle school and high school, and then our adult class. I want to encourage you, if you've not been out on Wednesday night in a long time, be here this Wednesday night. Say, Pastor, there's a lot going on. I tell you, you know the heroes for me on Wednesday night? It's our young families that make it, and they do. There's many that make it. And I know this, they've got schedules that I don't have anymore. It's different. I was telling somebody this week, it's a unique season we're in, that they're in, but they are here. And I just want to encourage you. And besides that, it's good food. I can promise you good food from God's Word, too. Amen? Matter of fact, uh, in the adult class, I'm going to be... I thought I might sing it this morning, Brother Roy, but I didn't because I'm not Vestal Goodman. But God Walks the Dark Hills. Vestal Goodman made that song popular. Tremendous song. I tried it a few times, Brother David. I could not sound like her, so I shut that down. And uh, But we are going to do a series on Wednesday nights through August, and we're going to start there in Matthew 14, where Jesus walked on the waters 
those things that are over our head are under his feet. So I look forward to doing that this week. So let me just encourage you. Hey, some great things took place this week. Sunday school we learned one of those was Victory Home. Able to go back and many uh, went, were able to go and be a part of that. And you sent food, those that couldn't. 21 guys. We heard testimonies. You can get a prayer sheet to hear this. But men that have been saved since the last time the church was there give testimony of that. That's awesome. Can we just give God praise right now for that? Salvation of souls. Amen. And that you were a part of that ministry. And so thank you for those that went. Thank you for those that gave and served and sent food. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also begin ministering this week to the football team. Thank you for those that support and, and, and give to that. So many opportunities. This coming Friday, our church will feed the football team. The, the meal itself will be catered so that you don't have to worry about cooking that part, but just need some folks that will help serve. So if you can be at the high school by 315, if you can just see me after church or text me, let me know. Need some folks to help serve the food. But also, if you could help, anybody that would like to, uh, just need some d- desserts, but it's something they can hand be handheld and they can take with them. Uh, maybe some cakes and cookies in Ziploc. Now, I'm not asking uh, one person to do 100 cakes in Ziploc baggies. No, no, no. But even if you buy a cake at Ingalls and just slice it up and put it in Ziploc, you can get those here Wednesday night or you can bring them to the school. That would be a huge, huge help uh, to be a blessing to those young men and what God is doing there. Next Sunday night, and as our association of churches will gather together to pray for and to be a part of a community service for the um, wild game dinner that will take place the next weekend, okay? So that's another place, Loretta, you can see Loretta. She will not come up here and announce this. She's shaking her head no. But she is asking to us, she told them, the ladies there, that we would help. We need 100, is that right? Uh, cakes again in Ziploc baggies. They can bring them that night of the wild game dinner, Miss Loretta, okay, by 4 o'clock that night, and that's the 26th, 26th, that Saturday night. So you'll hear more about it next Sunday. I didn't want to do two because I told Loretta, I said, I'll confuse people. People will be bringing cakes to Mount Yona next week, and then they'll bring cookies to the high school the next week. So the high school this week, Mount Yona the next. You can be pieces of cake if you want to try a whole cake in a Ziploc bag, Roy. Anybody can do it, you can. So that is totally up to you, all right? So be pieces of cake. Yes, thanks for bringing that out. I appreciate Roy's always on target. I mean that. So, <laughs> hey, here's the, here's, the, here's the blessed thing. Even if you can't go, if you do these things, you can be a part. And when you give, you're a part of what God is doing through the life of this church. And as I told Courtney last week, I said, I, I hope when I share these things, I'm not bragging on the church per se, but I want you to know that when you give, you're making a difference in missionaries all over the world, disaster relief that has happened all over our nation, including Kentucky. There were Southern Baptist missionaries and disaster relief teams that were there on the ground. Guess what? When you give, you're a part of that. We're bragging on Jesus, but I just want you to know thank you for you giving and supporting the ministries of this church and thank you church for having a heart to show and share the love of Jesus to every person and I appreciate that so this morning as we give remember this is an act of worship 
It's not just something we do. It's an act of worship. You can still give in the boxes, but it's an act of us giving back to the Lord that that already belongs to Him. And so we are grateful to do that. So I'm going to get Joe and Nate, if they would, to come up. They have become, at least in the time being, our designated offering takers. And uh, we're glad for that. Men, you come on up. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer and we'll receive our offering. Father God, we are extremely grateful for this day, for the news we heard in Sunday school of salvations and life chains within the ministry of the Victory Home. We're so grateful. Opportunities that have abounded this week and then even this coming week with feeding the football team. We'll have the wild game dinner. We'll have Hickey House in between there. Multiple opportunities to minister. And we're thankful. And thank you through the gifts and generosity of this church allows us the blessing of showing and sharing your love to every person. May we ever be about that, Father. Thank you for the privilege to give back to you as an act of worship. Lord, it's not the gift that you desire. It's our heart. But our heart is linked to that gift. And we give out of the generosity that you've blessed us with. Lord, it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. And so, Lord, bless everyone as we give today to honor you and love you and the furtherance of your kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. prayer time this morning not that the Lord needed to remind me but I did I can't save a soul I can't heal a hurting heart I can't draw somebody back to him who is away from him I can't feel an empty tank but I I know a man who can 
So just know he's here. At any moment in this service, if you need to come, you come. Because he is the one. I'm just here representing the man <laughs> who can. Can do all things. Oh, me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me invite you to take your Bibles. Go to Mark chapter 6. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 31. Mark chapter 6. And I will be uh, again today in the King James. I just like the way it, it phrases, particularly verse 31 and following. I'll be probably back to the Holman next week. But there are some Bibles there, but also it'll be on the screen for you. Thank you again for being here and for all those watching. Thank you. To God be the glory. Began a study last week entitled, Hit the Ground Resting. I believe with all my heart these messages are needed in the hour in which we're living for multiple reasons, but as school starts back, summer kind of begins to come to an end. We find ourselves, no matter what season of life we're in, life gets busy. What is the phrase we say often? People say, how you doing? We either say, I'm tired or I'm busy. Help me with it. Let's say it one more time so you, you didn't know what to say. You do now. I, 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 how you doing? I'm busy. I'll take both. I'll take both. <laughs> it's a Baptist church in both vote right there. Life gets busy, which makes us tired. But we find ourselves in these seasons. The reality is, though, not just rest is more than just taking a break. And we're going to look in detail next Sunday at biblical rest from Hebrews chapter 4. How does the Bible lay out that Sabbath rest and the rest and taking a day, taking a season? But last week we left off with this thought from Jesus that said, if you're looking for rest, that rejuvenation, that revival, that peace in your heart, come follow me. Learn of me. Watch how I do life. And so here in Mark chapter 6, he's going to show us by his life, but also by his teaching of what it means. Now, for those of you marking your Bible, you're looking going, yep, he's bringing up another one. He did this one in in probably February. And you know what? You're right, I did. But I think we've probably sung Amazing Grace four times since then. So what do you mean? I'm just kidding. All joking aside, this passage over the summer has gripped my heart in a fresh way of things that even when I preach this passage in a different way, at the beginning of the year, it's fresh and there's some things that God has shown me, and I just cannot get away from it. So I want you to listen closely. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. If you're physically able, I know you've been standing. If you're able, stand with me as we'll read down through the latter part of the chapter. This is Jesus speaking. Here's what he says. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart. That's one of the reasons I wanted this, this, this version, that word, apart into a desert place and rest. There's that word we're talking about. And rest a while. For there were many coming and going and had no leisure so much as to eat. They were busy. Life was happening. 
And they departed. That word's been used a lot in this, in this chapter also, Matthew 14, Luke chapter 9. They departed into a desert place by a ship privately. The people saw them departing. And many knew him and ran afoot thither to all the cities and outwent them and came together unto them. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion towards them because they were sheep not having a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, that means it's evening time, it's late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desert place. Now the time has passed. Send them away. That they may go into the country round about in the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said to them, Give ye them to eat. In other words, no, 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 you feed them. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread? That's a year's wage, by the way. And give them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves have you go and see? And when they knew, they said, Five and two fishes. He commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. When he had taken the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to disciples to set before them and the two fish to divide them among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. Filled. They took up twelve baskets full of the fragments of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. They didn't count at that time ladies and children. So it could have been multiple to, to close to ten thousand people. And straightway, he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side before into Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. Matthew 14 says, he went alone into a solitary place and there he prayed. I want to share lessons by the lake. From the Lord Jesus. Pray with me. Father, thank you for a time of worship and fellowship and time to be among your people. In these few moments, help us to deliver the message that is needed in this hour. Please, may you be glorified. May you draw people to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You might be seated. One of the mentors that both Chris Anderson and I both had as we were in Bible college together and became a mentor to both of us even after that was Dr. Marlon Thomas. He was a preacher and pastor and taught young preacher boys. He drilled into us constantly, boys, you better make sure you tell the people where you've landed them. In other words, you better make sure you give them the context of the passage that you're in. And by context, we mean what's going on in this passage that we find before us. In the context of this one verse where Jesus said, come yourselves apart into a desert place, it is vitally important. Matter of fact, the lessons that Jesus will teach us come out of the context that lay before us the truth that we must accept if we're going to live this life 
and then the principles that lays out how to respond to it. So what's the context? We see at the beginning of this chapter, also in Matthew 14, two things are happening at the same time. That's life. Did you know that? Did you know that good and bad travel on parallel tracks of life? Did you know that the good things and the bad things, the blessed things and the burdens, the mountains and the valleys, the successes and the defeats, often travel on parallel tracks and listen to me, and oftentimes they intersect. What do you mean, preacher? It can be just like in this passage. At the beginning of this chapter, we see one thing happening. Jesus commissioned his 12, and he sends them out to go for the very first time all by themselves into a mission journey. And he told them, don't take anything with you. You go and you preach the gospel. I've anointed you to preach the gospel. They were people saved. They were people's lives changed. People were healed. And so they're coming back at this very moment, right before Jesus makes this statement. They're coming back from that, that time. And they're excited. They're fired up. And one gospel even said this, even the demons, we had power over them. They were flat fired up for what God had done. And they were excited. But while they were gone, Jesus had received some news. It's the news we find out right here in this chapter as well. You remember Jesus had a contemporary. He had a forerunner by the name of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was his cousin. John the Baptist was the forerunner. He was the one that made the way for Christ to come by his preaching, by his baptizing. But John, listen to me, had been thrown into prison. What had he done wrong? He just stood for the gospel. He stood for what was right. He told Herod, hey Herod, you're with a woman that's not your wife and it's wrong. You need to make it right. So guess what he did? Threw him in prison. But one day this lady kind of got fired up and she had about enough, had her bait of John the Baptist. And so she asked a favor and Herod gave it and it was the head of John the Baptist on a charger. And Jesus had just received the same news at the same exact moment those disciples had come up to him. So here he was, the intersection of life. He had seen his disciples who had poured into and loved and chosen to be there and to share the gospel. They were fired up. They had seen great success. They had seen God move at the same time. Not only his cousin, his contemporary, someone that stood for the gospel had just died. That's the intersection you and I face, isn't it? Think, think with me for a moment in real life. Whatever reason God allows me the opportunity to, to speak into different young men's life, there's this one young man he went through Biscuit and Bible and we're still meeting from time to time and he's going through a very difficult time. He has so much going on for him. He's in college and he has, he has skills and he, he's doing so many great things and, and I see God doing an amazing work in his life. But he shared something very difficult with me the other day and I thought to him as I shared with him, you're that intersection when good things are happening but all of a sudden you just got hit with a train of another track. And you've heard some devastating news. I can tell you during revival the other night, I got a text from a pastor. They were in revival the same time. And the same night I got two texts. One was from a pastor who said, Hey, we're in revival. We saw three people saved in our church tonight. I rejoiced with that. I said, Praise God. God's at work. The next one, I got another text from another pastor that said, My world is falling apart. That's the intersection of life. So it's moments when 
you've prayed about a business or a calling or an occupation and you see God blessing that and you see God's favor but then you see things going on in your family at the same time that's breaking your heart that's life is it not and what that does it robs us of rest it robs us of joy and we find we want to we want to have joy here in what God's doing but it's breaking our heart and what else is happening and Jesus said at that moment I'm going to teach you boys some things What's the first lesson he teaches us? Number one, you better come apart before you come apart. I didn't come up with that. Vance Havner did many years ago. But listen to what Jesus said when they received that news. And listen, when he received that news, are you with me? He was 100% human. When that hit him, he said, Hey, hey, boys, let's pull away. Let's go across the lake. It's solitary over there. Let's take some time to get some rest. Jesus said, you better come apart before you come apart. Jesus knew this. You can't keep giving out if you don't let God put some stuff back in. Jesus said, we got to have time to process this. We got a time to get alone and get quiet. We got to have time to process the good and the bad in life. But what happens to us? We get hit with that stuff and we keep going. And we keep moving. Because we say we have to. But what did Jesus tell us? Learn of me. What did Jesus do? He often departed. Luke chapter 5 says this. And he often withdrew to a solitary place and he prayed. Jesus said, you better come apart. You better, what does that mean? You better take time. You better take time to renew your spirit. Take time to renew your soul. Look for ways to renew your soul. Look for ways to renew your spirit. Because if you don't, son, you're going to flat come apart. In other words, you're going to hit a wall and go, I don't know how I got there. It's like last week when somebody walked out and said, so let me get the gist of your sermon. We're camels, and if we don't deal with it, we're going to die. Pretty much, that's it. Yeah, you got the first sermon. Right, don't be a camel. Right, don't be a camel. But isn't that true? People go, I'm not sure why I hit a wall. I'm not sure why I got discouraged. I'm not sure why I feel depleted. Because we didn't come apart, therefore we came apart. You say, well, preacher, what does that look like? Well, there's several things. And I'm going to go into some of this next week, but there's things that feed your soul. Did you know that just playing games feeds your soul? Do you know that? We learned this game on vacation. This ain't biblical, but hang with me. You say, preacher, hey, you know it's not biblical. Well, I mean, let me, let me take it back. It is biblical. Because you know what? Jesus hung out with folks. He didn't always hang out with the folks that drug him down. If all you do is hanging out with folks that are dragging you down, no wonder you walk around like this. Eeyore, Eeyore. Find you some people that will speak into your life. Find you some Lazaruses. Find you some Marthas and Marys you can hang out with and they'll speak into your life. He often had meals with people. That's good. I like that preaching right there. It's truth. So I was hanging out with people that I loved and I hope they love me. <laughs> Thank you, Malcolm. I appreciate that. So we started playing this game, Bananagrams. You got to lay these letters out. It's like Scrabble. You got to find words. And the, for the first two days, it was just me and Courtney. And I was frustrated because she's amazing with words. Then when I pulled my phone out and said, See, IR is an indigenous group in Africa. That is a word. That doesn't speak into your soul, that causes problems in your marriage. We had fun, though. 
Last night, one of the things that we tried to do on vacation, the television didn't come on until right before we went to bed at night. So last night, I was sitting on the back deck, and I said, y'all, come out here. And then I, I, got, I got my phone, and I found some ocean wave things. So we're on 221 Boulevard, and we're hearing nothing but crickets at the same time. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. That was good. Y'all liked that, didn't you? You felt like you were at the ocean. But stay with me. Help me. Those things are wonderful. Spend time with family. Have fun, but stay with me. What Jesus taught us was the greatest thing that gives rest and renewal and feeds our, our soul. He spent time with the Father. He got along with the Father. See, you and I are created to have union with God. And if we're not saved, that union is broken. We've got to get it right. And then even after we're saved, we need God to renew that. It's renewed in our time. And we're going to go into this more next week. But let me just simply say, preacher, I don't have time to pray like Jesus. Are you saying to me that you and I are busier than Jesus was? Are you saying to me that you and I, our life and our purpose in life was higher than the highest calling of the Lord Jesus Christ who came to this earth to do nothing but live and die on the cross for our sins? If Jesus shows us, you have time to pull away and enter in. Listen, he was busy, but he also pulled away. It was a rhythm to his life. You can't keep giving out if you're not letting Jesus put something in. If you don't come apart, you're going to come apart. Here's the second thing. This this was so important. He teaches them how to respond when life and ministry doesn't stop. So get the picture. The disciples are excited. We're going to get a break. Amen. You know what they're thinking? I know what they're thinking because I'm I'm a guy, I'm a Christian. They're thinking, and I deserve it. I've been on the mission field for all these weeks. I deserve a break. Come on, nobody wants to help me. They're in the boat. They're excited. Out of the corner of their eye, though, they start seeing a crowd run across that lake. I can hear some of them boys going, mm-hmm. Can't get a break nowhere. I'm telling you, somebody, I'm telling you. Because listen to me. It took six miles across the boat, ten miles by foot. When they got off the shore, guess what? Over 10,000 people were waiting on them. And Jesus said, though, Look how Jesus responded. He responded with compassion. And he he taught them. And he spoke to them the words of life. Then when they got evening time, he shows us how the disciples responded. And I'm not going to beat them up too bad because I know I've responded the same way. Now, first of all, let's see how spiritual they were. They not one time said, all right, this has gone on long enough. You've taught enough. This has been, a, you know, they didn't, but they just simply said in a spiritual way, I can see them. Father, it's getting late, and these weary people are hungry. Let them go into the villages and find food that they might eat. And Jesus says, No, you feed them. It was on them. Because they started going, Wait a minute, we ain't got anything. Now, get, stay with me. You ever thought, where'd they get the baskets from? Where'd they get 12 baskets? I studied on this a little bit this week. On average, most male Jews, if they went on any journey whatsoever, carried a basket. Like you see dads at Disney carrying backpacks. Right? Water, 
Vittles, whatever, Advil, you know, their life savings and retirement, I mean, whatever it might be. So, here, yeah, exactly, Jeremy. So they carried the basket. I'm going to stay with you. The disciples have been told, don't carry anything with you when you're on your missionary journey. They just got back, and he said, get in the boat. It was their baskets. And they came empty because they didn't have any time to refill them before they come back to the mission trip. Sure, they were with empty baskets. They were simply saying to God or to Jesus, you want us to feed them? We got nothing in our basket. We got no provisions for them. He, and, and then Philip is the one that tells him, said, even if we had a year's wage, it wouldn't be enough. Jesus is teaching them, listen to me, life in ministry doesn't stop, but we can still have compassion, listen to me, if we have the reserves. Jesus had the reserves to do it. You know why? He had been along with the Father. The pattern of his life was He'd go in, he'd go out and be with the Father. He'd go back in and do ministry, he'd go out and be with the Father. He was constantly filling the tank so he had something to give. Everybody look at me. You ready? Look at, look at me. You and I, when we're empty and we're faced with ministry and life that doesn't stop, it doesn't stop. Are you with me? Help me, somebody. Life and ministry doesn't stop. But when we don't get away, we send people away because we've got nothing to give away. But Jesus said, I need you to remind something. As a Christian, you're in the people business. You're in the people business. Preacher, I've got nothing to give. I'm so glad you said that. Because he said, just tell me what you got. They said, well, we found a boy over here. He's got a few fish and a couple loaves of bread. But what's that? Now at this point, they're not getting frustrated or angry. They're just saying, but Lord, I got nothing left. You ever said that to the Lord? I know life and ministry, I got nothing left for my family. I got nothing left for my job. I got nothing left for those that I love. I got nothing left for what's important to me. I feel like I'm empty. I'm drained. I got nothing left. But here's what I've got. <laughs> And he said, bring it to me. <laughs> I'm about to have a spell because I've had it all week long waiting to tell you this. If you'll just bring what little you've got and give it to the hands of Jesus, he'll not only meet your need, he'll meet the whole needs of the crowd. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm telling you, bring your empty self. Bring what you've got. It may feel like crumbs to you, but it's a buffet to Jesus. Because when it's placed in his hands, he can multiply it. He can take it and feed an entire crowd. He took what little they had and fed 10,000 people, and they were filled. Preacher, what does that word mean? I can speak to this. It means full. It means you ain't got nothing. It means you pushing away. It means you didn't leave the table hungry. Y'all ever left the table hungry? I remember one time I was dating. You know where I'm headed, don't you? <laughs> Courtney said, I'm going to go to this new place down in Gwinnett. Number one, anything past Clermont in South Georgia to me, Brother Gary. It's Atlanta as far as I'm concerned. 
She said, we're going to do fondue. You have to understand something. I grew up in Skits Mountain. I had never ate at a restaurant that you pay the table until I was 19 years old. That's the truth. Because everything I ever went to had corral at the end of it. True story. Pro, uh, homecoming, I'm getting to it. Homecoming, I get up to pay at Red Lobster, and she says, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to pay. She goes, you pay at the table. So him, what I say? Get out. You can pay right here. So I didn't know that. So I didn't know what fondue was. I thought it was some fancy restaurant. Till I got there, it was fancy, all right. You got to cook your own food. They bring out a little crusty bread and a thing of cheese. And I think, what's that flame for? She said, you're cooking your own food. I said, you got to be kidding me. She said, well, you can order steak, though, and shrimp. All right, cool. They bring out raw chicken, raw steak, raw shrimp. I was, man, I was not happy because I knew where this thing was headed. And when they brought the bill out there, I looked at her and I said, did you notice when we pulled in, there was a Burger King in the parking lot. I said, we going by because this boy's still hungry. I'm getting a double Whopper fries and a shake because I'm not leaving when they're empty. True story. Am I lying? Have we ever been back to fondue? No. I know what it's like to leave empty. But help me, help me. This word means they wasn't a child looking at his mama saying, I'm still hungry. They wasn't a baby going, Mama, can I get some more crumbs? They wasn't a daddy saying, there ain't enough for my family. They were all filled. Where'd that come from? How'd every need get met? They brought what they had to Jesus. Hear me, even if you're empty, quit complaining and just bring what you got to Jesus. Even if you got nothing left, keep bringing it to Jesus. He'll keep touching it. He'll keep blessing it. He'll keep moving. And help me right here. I'm about to have a spell. And not only meet their need, he'll fill your basket too. Now slow down so you can catch what I just said. He'll meet their need. Then those disciples brought their empty basket. Same words used. He filled their empty tank too. <laughs> See, what happens is we get empty and we just give up. We think there's no, it ain't going to change. I can't meet the needs. Miss Courtney has so blessed me. In my study, I now have a prayer place. We've got a chair. I've got a nice cushion. I've now got a box fan. Amen. Brother sweats when he prays. Thursday morning early. I just said, Lord, I can't meet the needs. But I could hear him say in my heart, they couldn't either. They just brought what they had. He said, preacher, I ain't got much. Whatever it is, if it's a gift at all, if it's a talent at all, or you're just empty, bring what you got to Jesus and watch him fill. They're left with full baskets and full bellies. Because Jesus said, when life and ministry doesn't stop, and you got nothing in the tank, just bring me what you got and watch me bless it. Now I'm almost done, so hang with me. First one. You better come apart before you come apart. Number two, what happens when, what do we do when our tank is empty and life and ministry doesn't stop? Because it's true. Help us to be like Jesus. 
Help us to have those rhythms of life so that we can have our tank full. But if it's not full, just bring what we've got to Jesus. Watch him multiply it and meet the needs. Hey, quit holding on to it. Quit holding on to it. Lay it in his hands. See, because in his hands, it can work miracles. But when it's still in yours, ain't no power there. But when you release it, <laughs> when you release it into his. But here's the final one, so important. The Bible said after he fed them all, he sent the disciples away, and he still got alone with the Father. So here's the final one. What do we, what do, we do when life meets and it's good and bad? Better come apart before you come apart. You, you, you give all you got to Jesus, but you better make getting along with the Father to give Him your stuff a priority. Wait a minute. Was it late? Yeah. Was He tired? Sure He was. He'd been teaching, but He had to get some stuff out. Why? He was human. And even though He was excited about His disciples and saw the miracle, He still had in his heart the grieving of John the Baptist. Because I think, he, number one, he loved John the Baptist. Number two, it reminded him, hey, they killed John, I'm next. It reminded him of why he came. It reminded him that it's not always going to be feeding the 5,000 and encouraging the disciples. It reminded him that one day he would be going to a cross and all that heaviness began to settle on the Lord Jesus. And he slipped away privately and the Bible says in, in, in Matthew 14, he got alone. How hard is it for us just to get alone and get quiet before the Lord? Did you know the average person, just one minute of no noise, no phone, no TV, no sound effects, nothing, it'll drive us crazy. How do you know? I tried it on vacation. But I've been trying to work my way up because I'm learning I need time where I don't mean I even say anything. I just need to get along. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you just got along with the Lord and just told Him you loved Him? Just told Him you loved Him. Took two or three minutes in your day and said, Lord, I love you. Let's go a little deeper. One of the reasons we don't have rest, one of the reasons that we're empty, it's because we've not done what Jesus teaches us. When those moments happen, the good and the bad and the intersect, it does something to us. And one of the things it does to us, it pulls something out of us. And there's a loss. It could be that, that the good was this, but the bad was the loss of a loved one. could be. It could be it was a loss of a job. It could be folks left your family. Folks left the church. It could be the, the loss, any numerous things. Just stay with me. Jesus teaches us, you better take time to come to the Father and grieve your losses. Grieve your losses. Preacher, I do grieve. I hope you do. I'm not, I don't grieve well. I've always believed with all my heart, way back when I was a teenager, that God had called me to be a pastor. Just felt like he gave me that heart. And, and for me, if he allows me, I want to be there with that family when they've experienced loss.
And, and I've learned it's not about what I say, it's just being there. But personally, I don't deal with it well. I just keep moving. I'm ashamed to say this. Up until this year, I would give my brother money so he could put flowers on mama's grave because I just couldn't go there. I know she's not there. I know that. I know the theology of it all. It's just a reminder that mama at 47 years old was called home to glory. It's just a reminder to me. 20 years it took me to and plan to say this publicly. Courtney, I hope it's okay. Maybe somebody needs to hear it. 20 years it took me to put a marker at the grave of our son. I knew he wasn't there. But the moment that marker went in, it made it real. Earlier this year, Courtney and I began to talk about grieving and losing. And I watched God do an amazing thing in my wife's life. God began to heal her. Last Sunday, we were singing a song that she loves by Lauren Daigle. We were not singing it. She was singing it. We were singing it with her. Hold on to me. And I said to her, I said, Court, that's not you anymore. She said, but you don't understand. It was, it was, it was. But God... it's not just people that leave us that there's a losses that that trigger things listen to me here's what i told the young man the other day he's so positive he's one of the most positive young men and i need him in my life because i'm that guy that's mm, can go the other way here's what he said to me the preacher this is hard but it's going to be okay it's going to be okay everything's going to work out everything's going to work out. i looked at him and i said listen to me you need to feel and grieve the loss and he started crying he said I, I don't know if I can go there I said you've got to go there everybody listen to me you know what Jesus was teaching us if you don't feel it you won't heal it now is there extreme where you never come out absolutely but I think most of us land in that area of we deal with it in the moment but we don't let it wash over us listen to me Jesus, I believe, went into the solitude of the Father and he just let it wash over him. And he let the solitude of the Father bring healing to his heart and to his life. Some of you need to do that this morning. Some of you need to bring your hurt and pain and loss and bring it to the feet of the Father and let him give you rest. Final thought, and I'm done. I didn't start preaching at my normal time, so I'm good. I got some grace. Preacher, where was the, the moment that we can point to when the good and the bad happened and it was a good thing? I got one I can give you, the cross. See, from the world's perspective, that was awful. An innocent man was killed. An innocent man was beaten. An innocent man had his beard plucked. An innocent man was stripped and nailed to a cross. Stay with me. A man that had never done wrong had my sin placed upon him. That's not fair. That's ugly. That's mean. That's hurtful. But what looked like the greatest defeat 
was the greatest victory because through the cross you and I get saved through the cross we have a way to God through the cross there's forgiveness of sin through the cross we get to go to heaven when we die because he didn't just die on the cross he rose again on the third day so come to the cross here's what I prayed and I'm done right here so everybody draw in they're going to get a song ready they're going to be ready to go so draw in with me right here everybody listen I prayed a couple things one if you're not saved you'll never know any of these things I've talked about if you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ come to the cross come to Jesus and be saved and let him fill your empty life but if you're saved where are you in Jesus are you coming apart or are you coming apart maybe that needs to be a priority today number two I've been praying this hard for everybody that I could pray over and pray through in our church Lord I don't know where they're at but if there's any empty baskets fill their baskets today let them bring their empty baskets let them bring whatever they've got and lay it at your feet fill some empty baskets today but number three if there's anybody listen to me you want to know why listen you know why there's a lot there's a falling away in the Christian church and in the, in, in the pastorate not dealing with ungrieved losses and then you hit a wall you better start you better start where's a great place to start at the feet of Jesus bringing your losses to him and watching him wash over you wash over you with grace wash over you with joy wash over you with peace Bring them to Jesus this morning. Everybody, everybody listen to me. Don't listen to the, the whispers of the enemy that says, hey, he's preached too long. It's time to go. I'm slipping out. Let him just sing one verse. No, no, no. This is do business with God. You listen to the sweet Holy Spirit that says, do business with Jesus today. Don't leave this. You know what he has said to you today? I'm here willing to fill your basket, but you've got to bring it to me. You've got to bring it to me. Our heads bowed, our eyes are closed. They're going to sing. I'm going to pray. You obey, Lord. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, move in this invitation time. Draw people to you in every need that's here. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand. Turn page 483.